This Halloween special ain't the scariest one. It ain't the goriest one. This Halloween special is the juiciest one. Welcome back. (laughs) It's got so much juice dripping down the side of the wall, you won't believe it, cousin. Welcome back to the second annual 1980s movie graveyard Halloween special. I'll tell you what, cousin, remember we sat here last year? And we uh, we watched Trick or Treat. Hey, I watched that the other day. That's still one of my favorite movies. Sammy Kerr. By the way, all these Blu-ray distributors out there, there's somebody really needs to get a hold and do a real uh, real edition of uh, Trick or Treat, wouldn't you say? It, it had that big collector Ragman set that came out in Germany with the soundtrack and everything. And I think it had special features and all, but that one escaped me completely. I think I've bid on that edition about 20 or 30 times on eBay and always get stolen out from under me at the last second. Can never get it. I, would, I hope the fine folks at Arrow Video would pick that up. Yeah, because Arrow Video, let's talk a second about Arrow Video. The 2016 Holy shit, let's talk about it. Halloween special sponsored by Arrow Video. You know, we, we we did a gut check recently, cousin. We looked around the internet, see who was supporting us, and I'm happy to say the one group of people that did not disappoint us. Well, obviously, we do have one supporter that never disappoints us: the great Matt E from Movie Zeusified. But besides him, you know, we had a corporate sponsor step up, didn't we, and supported us in a big way. Arrow Video, Art Exploitation Films, <clears throat> and the Sleaze Box. That's right. They're they're all rolling. They believe in the mission statement of the 1980s movie Graveyard, don't they? They do. And Arrow Video is the highest quality oh, uh, yeah. videos. Uh, not like the shit factory who I've been <laughs> ragging on for years. <laughs> not the shit factory. I'll agree with that. This, uh, here, I'm the guy at Shout Factory. Let's get a region two and just copy everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then we'll have an army of people online who support us and claim that we're the best horror company. There's a lot of companies out there. Don't get fooled because there's a lot of people who spend every last dime to collect every last shit factory release. <laughs> and it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, buy the movies that you want to buy from them. I mean, obviously, but these people are like, I gotta have every last release. Why? They don't give a fuck about you. Go out there. There's, there's tons of good, uh, companies out there. You know, you got the vinegar syndrome putting out good stuff. You know, I they, love my, my subscription to the vinegar syndrome. I know you do. I've, I've recently picked up some vinegar syndrome titles too. There's one more thing I want to plug here because I know people get in their movies. If you're looking to buy a movie, I highly recommend. And this, and they're not a sponsor; they don't support me, but they have saved me a shitload of money later, cousin. I want to talk about BullMoose.com. BullMoose is a chain of record and then later record and movie stores over in Maine, and now they got a great website. I would say probably 70% of the movies I checked on when I was getting ready to buy, I checked Bull Moose had them 2 to $3 cheaper. And because they're from Maine, no tax. And if you order $30 or more, no shipping. So I've been buying a lot more movies lately and saving money by getting them from BullMoose.com. I better check out BullMoose.com after yeah, the show. Yeah, cousin. It's like the old... Remember the old days of Amazon when they had, A, they had the, the, the lowest prices... No tax, free shipping. It's like Amazon from 10 years ago. I'm loving it, cousin. And BullMoose.com is a great place to buy all your Arrow video releases. 
an aerial video, you know, I mean, let's, holy shit, let's talk about it. They got Hell Comes to Frogtown coming. They got Reform School Girls coming. They've got the Hellraiser box set coming. I mean, all this wonderful stuff. What a Shout Factory got coming. Poltergeist 3. Yeah, a, a movie that, listen, I don't have a problem if, you know, one of these companies wants to re-release a movie that's already been on Blu-ray. But wait a couple years. Wait till the other version goes out of print. Poltergeist 2 and 3 just came out on Blu-ray last Halloween. <laughs> What's up? One, and now the shit factory. Another one to release. We're going to put out The Slumber Party Massacre 2 and 3 on Blu-ray and pack them together for $29. I bought one, two, and three box set for like 27 Exactly. I just, They're repacking their own shit now. They are. Well, we. I, I got a bone to pick with the shit factory, too. Did you see this fucking... I did buy some titles during it, but it, it really wasn't worth it. Did you see this scam of a Halloween sale they have? Usually, oh, my you, God. That was terrible. It was beyond... Talk, it, like, how does a, a company that all they care about is, like, Halloween-type movies, scary horror films, and then, like, they don't even celebrate Halloween themselves? <laughs> I mean, honestly, Mm-mm. like like normally, you know, they've been doing the Shocktober sale last few years, four weeks, every week, a new lineup of movies like on sale, you know, usually five to six dollars less or whatever. Uh, this 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 year was a little different. They did 14 days, one movie on sale per day. And it was like one a day and it was like a dollar cheaper than Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they charge you shipping. And they charge you shipping. <laughs> and no freebies. Like, I was getting magnets and coasters and stuff the last few years or anything else. Nothing this year. Nothing. That's because they suck. They're sellouts. Yeah, which means, you know, when you have a sale that terrible, that means either one thing. Either you're hurting for money or you just completely sold out and you don't give a shit anymore. But my thing is, I think like, they sold out. Yeah, I mean, my thing, though, is, like, the the little bit of effort. And the fact that the sale ended, like, on the 17th of October. Holy shit, that was terrible. You know, speaking, you know what comes out, though, on Blu-ray on Black Friday next month from Defined Folks at Vinegar Syndrome? What's that? Jack Frost. I, with the li- I, You know, I'm actually thinking about buying that. If you get it from their it's website. It's got that lithium cover. Yeah. I, I, the movie was, I'll be honest, I was flipping through last night. The movie was on cable. I watched about five minutes of it and turned it off. But I want, I'm not going to lie because I want that cover. <laughs> I know. What you Have you ever done the canister shipping from Vinegar? No, that's where they ship it to you, an old film canister, right? It's like an old film canister that was, yeah, that was actually used. Yeah, it costs 40 bucks, But, yeah, it comes packaged in a big film canister. I'm thinking of doing it just to get, like, one of them old nasty oh, yeah, film they, canisters. Oh, yeah, they show you. It, it's like the grindhouse ones, like, covered in piss, like, shit all crusted yeah. on it. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You know, Eric. Arab- I, uh, I just got my package from... Um, from Vinegar, I watched. Um, I've already watched uh, Death Row Game Show and Hobgoblins. Yeah, those are the two I bought from Bull Moose. They do a really nice. The um, Vinegar Syndrome does a really nice job with their uh, transfers. They do. All this shit looks good. I'll tell you what else. Um, 
for for the the family crowd also they don't they don't you know it's not all just horror shit over at vinegar syndrome they you know they look at the family crowd too and, and for uh i think christmas or new year's this year they got they got a taboo two and three double pack coming for the oh family. yeah now, ta- now taboo is a real good one <laughs> oh, i got is. that i think i think i got that a month or two ago I tell you what, it's kind of a hard movie to find because for some reason, even though you can buy Vinegar Syndrome movies everywhere, you can even buy them at Best Buy, Amazon. Uh, some 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 sites won't carry Taboo, and I don't know why. I mean, it's you know, it's a family film. I think that's exclusive to their website and Diabolique DVD, who I've never purchased from. You know, I've been plugging bullmoose.com, you know, all night. Unfortunately, they did not have Taboo, so I had to get Taboo from Deep Discount DVD. But if you go to deepdiscountdvd.com, it's not there. But if you go on Amazon, you can buy it from Deep Discount DVD on Amazon. (laughs) They're very tricky, that Deep Discount, you know. Don't forget, too, from from Arrow, the the limited edition steelbook of The Driller Killer comes out next month. Yeah, I need to get that. I've had the, um, I can't even think of what, it was like a really low-budget company. It's it's not a good transfer, but I've had the DVD double pack of that for years. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was like limited. They're numbered, I know. Yeah, they're numbered, and, uh, you know, it's it's good for the time that it it came out. Was it Barrel? I I think maybe it is. It's it's, well, it's like maybe. a company that I don't have like shit from. It's like really obscure company. Barrel did I know Last House on the Dead End Street and the Necromantic films. The Necromantic ones got picked back up though by real gore. So yeah. Well, ne- there's a- Last House on the Dead End Street doesn't get picked up much. No, just like Taboo always gets picked up by different DVD and now Blu-ray companies, uh, Necromantic's another one people are really into. There's always going to be a market for Necromantic films, so it's going to get re-released over and over. Savage Streets, it goes out of yeah. print, it comes right back in. Savage Streets is really weird because like, I, don't, I don't really, I feel like the distributors, when they get it, they intentionally only make 20 copies so they can keep the price high. Yeah. Like it's never, it's never readily available. Can you imagine if one day we oh. get Savage Streets in 4K, cousin? Oh, that would be... You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the world of that movie. Like, I think the movie's good. I did order one of them shirts from Scary Apparel. Yeah. Did you get it? Hell no. I got, like, a fake uh, fucking tracking number, and then <laughs> yeah. I couldn't track it, and the fucking bitch was like, oh, I sure it delivered the other day to Cleveland. It's like, okay, you dummy. I live in Nebraska. And so, like, I wrote a letter, and I did get a refund, mm-hmm. but if you go and, like, search, I mean, I don't think this, these shirts exist. I don't mm-hmm. think a single person has ever gotten a package. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on in Scary Apparel, but I wouldn't order from them. <laughs> The funniest is when she like every once in a while posting like another satisfied customer and you never see the face, keep in mind. <laughs> but it's like it's always a hocus pocus shirt. It's like the exact same body you can tell. Like she's taking a selfie of herself posting it. <laughs> she's she's a satisfied customer stealing people's money. Exactly. But but at least she's courteous. She'll give you the money back if you ask for it. But Well, yeah, she will, but I don't know. Well, obviously, she can't be giving everybody their money back. That'd be a pretty unprofitable scam. Yeah, I really don't know, understand how that scam works. Because the point of a scam is that you can't get any refunds, usually. Yeah, but I think when, when, when you boast 10000 k on on the Twitter and you know 45000 on the Facebook, they, they kind of don't want you to put the public bad mouth on them. 
Yeah. But you know what? That's the power we wield. And, uh, you know, if you're out there scamming the horror fans, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to let people know which ones are the tricks, which ones are the treats. Arrow Video, Bulmoso.com, they're the treats. Scary Apparel, that's a fucking trick. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, I get it. Who doesn't want to buy one T-shirt for a dollar and get eight free? Exactly. I mean, we, you know, we fell for it, but no longer. No, no. There's still dummies out there. Like, I'll see posts randomly. We're getting words. Orders are being delivered. Like, who the fuck? What do you mean you're getting word? We got fucking drone delivering your shit. You know you didn't mail nothing. Exactly. <laughs> We're using those brand new Amazon drones. <laughs> yeah. The Amazon drones that are being rolled out in 2023. We're using those to ship your orders now. Yeah, I would say don't buy from Scary Apparel and, and don't buy from Shit Factory. Quit letting them take your money, people. Exactly. But there there are some reputable t-shirt people out there, though. You just got to look around. Beware the Moon Clothing is a reputable yeah. company. They are. They got some good stuff. But they're in the UK, aren't they? Yeah, but they're shipped nationwide. That's good. Or worldwide, you mean? Worldwide. Worldwide. I'll tell you what, this scary season, uh, it's gone by fast, and it's it's, it's gone down the drain, cousin. You, you spent half of October sick. I, I spent half yeah. of October drowning in a tsunami. We got no trick-or-treaters tonight because it's rained for the ninth, ninth or tenth day in a row. It's almost like Halloween's been canceled. <sighs> it's, a, it's because of all that evil, satanic stuff that happens on Halloween. Exactly. You know, you might want to panic if you've heard some of the news about the satanic. And, you know, us being, you know, absolute experts about Sammy Kerr and the Black Roses, lead singer Damien. We wanted to dive a little bit deeper into, uh, you know, the actual facts of uh, this phenomenon, didn't we, cousin? Oh, yeah. So we did some research. We actually found out that someone recently wrote a satanic panic book. We contacted the author, and coming up next, we're going to have a great interview. Amazing author, you know, known all over the world. Gentleman from Canada, really holding it down. So come on next. We got our interview with Paul. He's the co-author of Satanic Panic. It's a great book. I actually ordered my copy off of eBay. I know it's up on Amazon, but there's lots of booksellers on eBay. You can get it for a little bit cheaper. Uh, I really highly recommend this book. Um, it's you know covers every every aspect of the phenomenon from the realized cases of teenagers gone wild, killing in the name of Satan, to the movies out there. They they even do a chapter about the movies where they talk all about Sammy Kerr and Black Roses. So, you know this was a real score. Thank you, cousin, for setting this interview up with Paul so we could bring this uh, this interesting topic. Who uh, you know after all these years, there's still some mystery about whether some of the satanic panic was real. And I think if uh, you want to know the answer to these questions, you got to get this book for sure. So listen to the interview here, and we'll be back after that to say goodnight and close out this Halloween night. All right, Movie Graveyard listeners, welcome back to the main uh, section here, the real treat, if you will, of our Halloween special. We have a really awesome, really well-known uh, writer here tonight, uh, Paul Corrupt. Did I say that right? 
<laughs> yeah, it's Corp. Close. Cor- I'm sorry, Corp. You just told me, and that's I messed okay. it up. Well, Corp. Okay. Every, everyone always messes it up, and that's I'm 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 used to it. But we're very excited to have Paul here. He's a really well-known uh, writer, editor. Uh, he's written for the Toronto Star, Rue Morgue. He's done liner notes for uh, some releases for Arrow Video, all kinds of books. Uh, he's also the founder and editor of Exploitation, a really amazing website that is your complete guide to Canadian B-film. I just discovered the site recently. And I was telling Paul here a second before we started recording. It's really cool, some of the stuff he has on there that I haven't even heard of. So I definitely think people should check out Exploitation. But uh, one of the main reasons we want to have Paul here tonight uh, for our Halloween show is his latest book is Satanic Panic, uh, covering the pop culture paranoia in the 1980s. Welcome and thank you so much, Paul, for being a part of the show tonight. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, this is really, especially for us being an '80s uh, centric uh, podcast and talking about the '80s movies and stuff. This was kind of like the real life horror. Uh, okay. if, you're, if your IMDb is to be uh, correct, Paul, you and me are almost exactly the same age, and uh, I'm sure probably a big inspiration uh, for you to uh, write this book was probably. Uh, you know, when you were a kid like me in the 80s, you know, all this kind of these crazy satanic stories, you know, were coming out. And it just, it was something really a lot of people were fascinated for for the entire decade. What's your background kind of, you know, just on a personal level with, you know, witnessing the phenomena? Well, I, di- I didn't have quite as much um, background in history as, as uh, Kayla, Janice, who also wrote the book with me. She was the one who really um, was pushing this idea um, when she uh, when she grew up, her parents were uh, were religious. And um, um, so she was personally affected by some of these things. And, and she told me about how um, her parents wouldn't buy her uh uh, Crest toothpaste, I guess, because the the you know the, the Procter and Gamble logo was supposed to be satanic. Wow! And, and, and st- like that, you know, I never had any any real experience with on that kind of a level. Um, my parents were a little bit religious, but they never, um, you know, they never stopped me from from watching music videos or or listening to the kind of music I, I wanted. Um, I certainly knew growing up that there was kind of this taboo uh uh around say heavy metal um and you know heard stories occasionally from friends or so forth but you know my mom won't let me listen to that band and stuff like that but um for me it was more more kind of uh um, hearing about it and and uh um kayla talking about it that got me more interested in kind of seeing how this would come out as a book yeah they're definitely i mean Definitely people our age will remember, but I think maybe for people like maybe 10, maybe more years younger than us, it's hard to imagine a time when, uh, you know, there actually was a lot of this imagery through entertainment, like we said, through music and books and even some movies kind of towards the end of the decade. There was a lot of like weird kind of almost like a satanic fad going on in entertainment culture. So I could definitely see how the paranoia, especially amongst religious people, was like really high during this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, um, it, it certainly was there. Um, I don't think anybody who really, you know, uh, I don't think most people were, were you know, um, uh, sorry, let me start again. <clears throat> I don't think most people who were uh, 
using this symbolism, bands and so forth, were, were really into it as actual Satanism. Sure, sure, there was maybe a couple, but um, I think it was just kind of a dangerous symbol, or provo- provoking symbols. Um, you know, they knew this this was having an effect on people, so they would they would use it. I don't think most of them were very serious about it. Um, and certainly, you know, along with with kind of these Christian groups who were taking um, offense uh, at these images and, and symbols and so forth, you know, um, idea that Satanism had taken over popular culture. Um, the, the the religious groups, I think, were happy to kind of run with it, but um, really, it was kind of some of these very big figures who pushed this idea into the into the mainstream. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because the time where we're at as a society, um, kind of, you know, technology-wise and whatnot, you know, it's maybe hard for younger people to imagine now, but, like, back then, a good urban legend, a good myth, a good concept, it really could kind of run wild for like a number of years before it was ever finally debunked maybe on a tv show when i like now we have websites like snopes.com and whatnot we can <laughs> you know we we hear these ridiculous things and we we can actually do a little bit of research ourselves if we want to back then it really was not the case you know yeah it was it, it was really hard I, I don't know if you remember there was something in the 80s uh, and, I, and i think it was in the early days of the um, internet as well called the straight dope and uh, he would actually kind of uh, would debunk stuff, but um, uh, before Snopes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was hard to it was hard to know. Um, you know, you'd hear these stories, and and you know, when we were researching, say for example, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, um, you know, you'd read some of the propaganda put out at the time. And now it's kind of easy, you know, they're, they're talking about, oh, this, this guy, you know, killed his parents and this guy said, you know, D&D made him do it. But now you can kind of Google these names and you find like they either don't exist or they're fictional or it's all, you know, it's, it's very easy to kind of just go through and debunk somebody's entire thing. Yeah, it just, uh, I mean, the, the thing that I was really curious about when I uh, found out about, about your book is, um, you know, there was this phenomenon when we were kids, kind of, and it was it was interesting. But I mean, just as a you know, on a technical level, you know, doing all this research, kind of how, how hard was it to kind of find credible things? You know, like decades after the fact. Um, it, pretty not. It wasn't too hard. I mean, um, the way we we put this book together, and the way we put our um, the, uh, our previous book together is that we've kind of kind of come up with an idea and a theme we've thought about what we wanted to write about we've invited a few of our friends to write for us or other writers we know then we kind of put out a call to see what else um we could get so you know it was obvious we needed to do things like um you know satanic horror movies we needed to do something on dungeons and dragons we needed to do stuff on heavy metal um but you know we were surprised with some of the some of the ideas and that people would send us about things like um, uh, we have one about these um, satanic novels that Playboy Press uh, published in the, in the 80s. So and we didn't even necessarily, you know, I didn't even know about this stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a great topic. So there's all these kinds of like unexplored um, or I guess another good one is uh, we have an article about the satanic panic in Australia. And, you know, we didn't we just didn't necessarily know about all these things. Um, so when like it's, it wasn't too hard to find, like there is a kind of a catalog of stuff. 
uh, out there on the internet and in books that was covered at the time. Um, TV and, and video is, a, is another great uh, resource from that time um, to kind of piece together the history of what happened. Uh, there was a lot of kind of VHS releases done by done by Christian groups or preachers uh, to try and convince you of the worldview. And there's still a ton of them out there. And most of them, you can find at least a little bit of them online. So it was great to kind of like dive back in there and, and, and go through it all and find what was the most interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I grew up around the time uh, in the Midwest here in the States. And uh, it was, you know, it was just... You know, the whole kind of heavy metal culture was very prevalent, like very, very popular, I'd say, probably even more than, well, I don't know, but I'd say, I'd say for younger people to kind of understand it, I'd say it's maybe the equivalent of how popular hip-hop culture is now. Mm-hmm. And it was just that uh, there were so many things. I mean, kids were so fascinated by this. Like, I remember so many people going out and, you know, from information they had found in books, putting up, you know, trying to kind of cobble together these, these so-called rituals and whatnot. <laughs> I grew up in a kind of a rural area, so, that, you know, it, 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 there wasn't a whole lot to do. And there would always be, like, a lot of graffiti on bridges and overheads of 666. And, and uh, in my, my personal experience, like... The more kind of rural the area, the kind of more fascinated, I guess, out of boredom and whatnot that, uh, you know, kids, teenagers would be into. I mean, did you find that out in, in your uh, research at all that, you know, this phenomenon was more popular in certain kinds of areas than others? Um, not necessarily. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what I can say about that. Um I mean, you know, I, I think it's I think it was generally all over, certainly, I guess, you know, less so in, say, um, um, New York or California kind of. Uh, but certainly, certainly, in you know, Midwest U.S., um, quite popular. Um, like there's a lot of videos about all that kind of like graffiti and stuff like that, where where you get these preachers kind of going through these rural areas like looking at this graffiti saying, Oh, look, see 666 on the bridge that clear evidence of satanic activity happening in this area. Um, when clearly, you know, it was just some kids, uh, <laughs> you know, um, scribbling stuff on the wall, like that had no meaning or, or it was done kind of as a quick shock or something they had read or, um, trying to replicate something they saw in a music video. I mean, um, you know, I think this was hap- definitely happening all over the U.S. And, and certainly, they were probably more concentrated in rural area, more rural areas. But I do think it, there was a kind of, you know, it was tended to happen everywhere, um, and which really allowed kind of uh, it's the panic to take hold because everybody had, you know, um, they watched Geraldo, the Geraldo special, uh, him talking about all these things that they would see, like. Um, tombstones toppled over or gra- uh, graffiti or whatever and, and and say oh here's clear evidence of this and I, I think every people all across north america were like oh yeah i've seen that in my hometown you know um that's what really helped this to become so big so national so you know um, across canada and the u.s to to really take hold yeah, and one one th- one aspect of the whole kind of satanic panic uh, phenomenon that I found 
uh, you know, kind of the most kind of interesting and, and chilling was you would have these kind of, like you said, these made up exaggeration stories out there of certain things happening with certain, you know, supposed cults and groups, whether they're real or not. And, uh, you know, these stories would get so wild and kind of like over the top. It seemed like after a while, it was almost like a, you know, like a self, uh, fulfilling prophecy where maybe kids were starting to like carry out the uh exaggerations or made up stories that they were hearing in the press like in your research uh did you find anything out like that where there's like you know kind of imitations of what was supposedly going on or whatnot um not too many i mean um clearly there was there was a bit of a cycle going on where where the news coverage was definitely inspiring people like things would happen there was there would be news coverage about it and then kids would copy it and 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 uh it would kind of turn into a self-perpetuating um kind of thing but um you know a lot of these original stories as you say were, were just totally blown out of proportion many of them just outright weren't true i mean you had guys there, there was you know several uh figures at the time that would basically you know say that oh i i was i'm an ex-satanist and now i've then i found jesus and now i'm here to tell you about all the atrocities that this church of satan you know committed and you know we were eating babies and and we were um you know sacrificing virgins and all this kind of stuff um and it you know it was either debunked or these people disappeared or or they 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 wrote books that showed you know that you know that they were totally crazy um a lot of the a lot of the original stuff never happened and and but the media rep- reported it and then kids picked it up i mean i guess the only one that was kind of um ripe for imitation was the ricky casso uh a good example of you know a kid who had basically um taken the stuff that was happening in the media and 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 uh, kind of had his own satanic um you know, fake satanic ritual, teenage satanic ritual, if you want to say that. I don't know, like kind of a um, uh, didn't really know what he's doing and just kind of trying to copy what he turned on the news and, 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 and on TV and stuff. Um, so certainly that stuff did happen. But, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of it, in, in, the, in, in, in my opinion, it was, was just fake from, from, the, from the very beginning, very manufactured uh, um, morality crisis. Yeah, it was the Ricky Casso case. Was that the one that inspired that film Ricky Six, which like actually never got released? Have you yes. Heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We talk about that in the book. Um, we have, we have a whole chapter on Ricky Casso and kind of all the um, the pop culture influence, and and we talk about there's been there's a, aside from Ricky Six, there's a couple films about him, um, and, uh, and we talk about how, him being referenced in in songs and all, all kinds of like kind of the, the legacy of Ricky, of Ricky Casso. Um, yeah, I think Jim Van Beber did a short film, I think called say you love Satan. That was loosely yes. in, inspired, I think. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. We talked about that. And, and, uh, um, but he's definitely one of the bigger, um, the bigger names. I mean, I just, I, th- I think this, this topic is fascinating. Um, there was recently a, a, a pretty big film made out of it. I believe it was called Regression with uh, Ethan Hawke. Have you seen that film, Paul? I haven't, no. Yeah, it, it's it's really, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, it's Ethan Hawke, I think Emma Watson from the Harry Potter movies, and um, it, it even takes place in the 80s, and uh, it, it's about a police officer and kind of a crime that happens in a small 
uh, community that gets chalked up to Satanism, and uh, it, it kind of, you know, uh, examines the whole thing of, you know, what's real, what's imagined, what's being perpetrated, you know, what's your imagination, whatnot. So I definitely would recommend that film. Pretty recent, too. I think it came out about a year ago. But, yeah, uh, yeah like, when I saw that film, um, it really kind of brought, you know, a lot of memories back of, uh, you know, the kind of this whole thing happened in the 80s. And when I, you know, only a couple of days ago, I found out about your book, and I, I can't wait to get a copy and read it. I know uh, it's sold out through the uh, Spectacular Optical website, but yeah. there should be some other places where people can get it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It just, it's just pretty easy to get these days. You can get it on Amazon or or. Uh... Um, you know, specialty bookstores like Quimby's or, or uh, um, you know, I don't know, bookstores. It's easy. It's easier. It's you can get it online at the, at the very least. It's a lot easier to find. Um, it's not just available through us. So. Yeah. And uh, looking at the jacket, I, I saw a great picture of uh, he's almost our Halloween mascot here on the podcast is uh, Sammy Kerr from the film Trick or Treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to get the book but but uh was this a kind of like a seminal movie do you think in the whole kind of you know Oh yeah there's a, there's a, well we have a whole chapter on on all the different horror films that um uh are involved plus kind of we mentioned several others that aren't um that are like mazes and monsters that are kind of um, you know, not that are kind of sorted to the side, but we do have a whole thing about uh, uh, all the fictional films that kind of draw from the satanic panic. Uh, Trick or treat, obviously, being a big one. Uh, the, the gate is 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 oh, another huge um, one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing with uh, Black Roses is another one. I mean, a lot of these films that that, that just kind of took this idea and, and did a very literal. You know, it's like all this, all this innuendo about about uh, heavy metal being influenced by Satan, um, and they were just like, you know, well, let's make films where <laughs> where Satan really is making the heavy metal, <laughs> and he's making heavy metal to to, to convert kids or to to uh, um, to spread evil through through teenagers, and uh, uh, it really just kind of. So it's kind of a it's kind of a it's more of a parental fear, I think, these films. Um, you know, your they would have made your parents upset, but for you, you know, it's it's fine. You just want to see, uh, just want to see rock bands and uh, yeah. And these films <laughs> people get had, murdered, right? <laughs> yeah, usually, these films usually had great monster effects and yeah. demon oh, yeah. sequences and whatnot. I remember, and it's kind of funny, really looking back on it now. Now that we have a better understanding of Kiss as a band and a business entity, but I remember always hearing kind of the first instance, maybe one of the first early rumblings of Satanic Panic was so many people always claiming that Kiss actually stood for Kids and Satan's Spell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one of the things that we did, so when we had uh, when we had the book launch in, uh, here in Toronto, uh, one of the things that I did was put together uh, a clip show of um, Satanic Panic videos um, like by Christian groups, uh, and that was like documentaries, um, short little films, uh, clips of preachers, and I also threw in some trailers for I think I have the Trick or Treat trailer in there and, and a uh, Black Roses trailer, um, and I kind of edited it all together and we showed that as our uh, uh, at the book launch. Um, but we had a lot of these uh, kind of clips. I think there was one in, one uh, Christian film in particular about uh, kids kind of getting this kid who decides he's you know 
decides he's going to be Christian and, and is going through his record collection and is just like, oh, you know, kids, how can I listen to this? Like this is being marketed to 12 year olds. <laughs> it's just it's just very funny. Uh, um, and there's another couple of preachers but, who are part of the satanic panic. I think called the Peters brothers who and they were attacking stuff like Elton John is satanic. I mean, it was like not even heavy metal. They were just going pretty much for any top 40 artists that they could do right it was uh (laughs) yeah it seemed like the bigger name that these kind of crusaders could attach to the so-called satanic phenomenon the bigger name that they could get and kind of go after that's what they were doing that's what it always felt like to me oh yeah well i i I have a friend who uh um uh is working on a documentary on this same topic and uh man i can't remember the name of the band now he 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 basically had uh um the Peters, he, he he was he was doing a documentary about one of these uh, heavy metal guys in a local band in the eighties was attacked by the Peters brothers and had a whole thing of him actually confronting them, um, and basically just a kind of accusing them of being, you know, I'm a showman, you're a showman, kind of a thing. <laughs> right. They were they were kind of laughing it off, and um, yeah, he's he's my friend. He's worked on these documentaries. He's very interested in kind of what what these preachers think now of of what they used to do i mean geraldo later on apologized for his whole for his satanic the tv special that he did um warning people about satanic activity saying okay you know yes it wasn't really true um there's another guy who who um wrote a book called uh, turmoil in the toy box and it was all about how um saturday morning cartoons and and toys were satanic like he-man yeah it's funny you mentioned He-Man because I actually have a really close friend who uh, his parents at a certain point in time in the 80s got involved in a certain church. And, uh, you know, there's like a list of things given out that were, you know, I guess satanically influenced. And uh, my my poor friend at the age of eight or so, had a, him and his brother had to watch his parents pretty much ritualistically burn his He-Man one by one in the family fireplace. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the idea behind this stuff was that if it's if it was if it had any kind of like um, occult. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, I, I wasn't sure if I cut out. Um, you know, the thing was, any any kind of these any of these toys or shows that had any kind of um, even veiled references to other cultures. For so, like even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was was supposedly satanic because it was about Eastern you know, Eastern martial arts. And, <laughs> wow. and, yeah. So like, that's how, that's how loosely they would often interpret it. So, and any of this stuff could really be, you know, anything with magic, anything that didn't, anything where people said that they were like superheroes, you know, they would attack Superman or He-Man because they, they were saying they're, they're the most powerful while the Christian view would be, you know, no God or Jesus is the most powerful. You can't be the most powerful. So and anybody saying that is trying to usurp, it's trying to usurp God. So you can't, you know, it's just, it's such a, um, loose interpretation. And, and, uh, uh, I guess this guy also said with Smurfs that, uh, the Smurfs were, were, Blue, because they were blue in the face and they had black lips, they were basically dead. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, it's just it was so far fetched these these ideas, um, and a lot of people made a lot of money out of off of it. Yeah, I mean, it just I don't know the the I guess well literally a witch hunt, uh, the witch hunt that was out to kind of you know accuse just about anything of being in the cult, especially like we said, things that are aimed at children. 
Uh, but I'm curious, was there anything during the research period where you found, uh, not necessarily that a conspiracy, but maybe just as a goof or whatever, like, you know, maybe comic book creators or toy creators or just anything where, like, they actually did kind of just, you know, just to kind of be witty or whatnot, did slip in, like, a satanic kind of theme or whatnot in anything? Um, n- no, not really. I mean, certainly... Certainly when it came to like Dungeons and Dragons, they did not, you know, they recognized that they were uh, uh, getting on the news. Like they were getting publicity essentially out of this, this belief that they may be satanic. Right. And they, they very much did not comment on that for, the, for, for a long time. Um, you know, they did not want to come out and, you know, they would say, no, no, of course we're not. But they, they – you know, they didn't change the game. They did, they they kind of left it alone. They 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 wrote on the publicity for sure. Right. Um, eventually, eventually they did change the game um, to remove some of the more kind of overt references to devils and so so forth. And that was certainly because of the pressure that they were getting. Um, but that was kind of it. Okay. This is just a fascinating uh, topic, and I'm really kind of you know. You know, kind of, especially in the states right now, how there's there's a big, uh, I guess it's always been in the forefront, but there really is kind of a big thing about you know freedom, uh, religious freedom. Uh, you know, there's a supposed war on Christmas and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of surprised that after all these years, we've never had another bout of satanic panic. I mean, from from what you and the other researchers did for the book, do you, do you ever possibly foresee? this may be becoming like an issue again, you know? Um, it's hard to say. I, n- n- I would say not, not in this, in the form that it took in the eighties. I mean, certainly there are, um, echoes of what happened in the eighties happening today. Um, certainly things about, um, like the McMartin, the McMartin play, uh, preschool stuff, kind of the, the idea of pedophile rings, um, you know, is, is something that, that was kind of born in the satanic panic and, and, and continues today. Um, you know, I even, even I wasn't, didn't, um, didn't, didn't somebody was, I, I'm not sure if it was, Trump this week or a couple of weeks ago said that Hillary Clinton was the, was a demon was or was Correct. it Alex Jones or something said it, he was she was a demon. I mean, so this stuff is 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 there, but I, I don't think there'll ever be kind of a um, uh, you know a war against you know role playing games or or you know um, heavy metal um, you know in the in the same way. Um, I think the 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 whole um, the West Memphis three tended to put a chill on that stuff for a while and uh um you know it still does kind of like these 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 panics do pop up it's just not kind of um in the same it's just not in the same way that the 80s was it was kind of a very naive um um, panic Uh, looking back it seems so ridiculous now um I, i don't think you'll see that quite in the same way but there's certainly things you know people worry about video games um People, you know, still occasionally worry about horror movies, you know, stuff films. Um, um, that stuff still kind of tends to crop up every once in a while. It just hasn't kind of coalesced into a movement like it did. Yeah, it's it's funny because in a lot of ways it seems like, um, you know, we're kind of like too sophisticated to ever fall for that again. But just this week, 
Uh, I seen this thing kind of sweep, sweeping social media, Facebook, about these supposed Russian teenage girls uh, brutally uh, murdering animals on uh, you know on video and whatnot. And like, mm-hmm. if you look at the, if you look at the articles, I you know I, I was immediately skeptical because there was one picture of two girls with a with a dead animal, whether whether it was like photoshopped or not, I don't know. But then the rest of the photos accompanying these petitions and all this kind of thing, like they were just random photos that these two girls were not actually even in. So like, I mean, I. I you know, sometimes you see this on social media, like things get swept up and are caused or whatnot, and people really get behind it. I think a lot of people call it like, uh, you know, keyboard, uh, uh, you know, justice or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. like, I th- like that's why I kind of think sometimes we, we might, you know, obviously it would be a much different form than we had before, but I think sometimes maybe we, you know, it could, we could be convinced later on down the line that Satan's coming back for us, you know, or I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, um, are you still there? Yeah. Sorry. By, 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 <laughs> the, by the way, uh, the, you know, we had a lot of Skype problems, and for the last five minutes now, it's been perfect. So hopefully, you know, when we, we can finish strong here and not be interrupted anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, part of the thing, too, as, as I think we mentioned earlier, was that, you know, things can be debunked so quickly on the Internet. Um, a story can appear and, and, and uh, you know, within 48 hours, it's up on Snopes saying it's not true. Um, and, and some people at least are going to see that. I mean, I, I think about uh, um, somebody like Mike Warnicke, who for years and years and years claimed he was an ex-Satanist. And it wasn't until like the mid – like the late 1980s. We actually have a – one of the chapters in the books is by one of the guys who um, – who met Mike and, but ended up working for a magazine that basically debunked his whole satanic history. Um, but I mean, it was, you know, it was 10 years later, you know, um, from what he was starting to, you know, making all these claims. So it, it, it just, it, it took so long for everything to kind of like all these people to be discredited these days on the internet can be discredited within a day. Yeah, I mean, some of the media that we that we were talking about earlier, some of these videos have been put out. Um, you actually forwarded me a link to a to a really awesome YouTube uh, video. Uh, could you talk about that video a little bit and kind of tell people where to find it on YouTube? Uh, yeah. So, so as I think I mentioned before, we have the, we uh, for the Toronto book launch, we put, put I put together this um, kind of a clip show called Occult Offerings, um, which was meant to basically just kind of illustrate all the all the kind of um strange uh video releases and and we also have a chapter about it in the book too um basically these christian groups would create these videos they would put them in churches and you could borrow it from your church just like it was a video store and and they would tell you all these kind of uh um terrible you know things that were going on (laughs) in the world i think we talk about in the book it's almost like a horror film section for um kind of christians right like they, they they couldn't go to um, they couldn't go to Blockbuster and rent Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you could go and get a, a Bob Larson video where he's talking about how Satanists, you know, um, uh, murder people and eat dogs and all this kind of stuff and described in, in lurid detail, which is just as horrific and, <laughs> and terrible as a horror film, but it's kind of in a, in a put in, put into a very, uh, put into a Christian context where you right. can, they can enjoy this kind of horror without uh, without feeling that you're um, uh, you know <laughs> violating your your religion. Um, 
so anyways, my point was I, I took all these, I took all these clips, all kinds of the funniest stuff that I can find and the most outrageous stuff that I can find and, and, uh, and put it all together. Uh, but yeah, it's on YouTube. It's called Occult offerings. It's on our spectacular optical channel there. Um, if you feel like checking out, it's about an hour long, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I just kind of skimmed through it, and I'll definitely sit down, uh, especially one of these nights before Halloween here, and check it out. I found it a little spooky, though, when I looked at the video, Paul. Uh, it exactly had 666 views. So that oh, really? may, Maybe that's a sign. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, maybe this isn't all phony baloney. But, you know, I mean, we, we talked about some of the ridiculous stuff, uh, you know, the paranoia and the, the schemes. And, I mean, you know, we, we talked about the Ricky... Uh, Ricky Casso uh, case, but uh, other than that, you know, with your research, you know, as as funny as all this stuff was, was there any stories or any instances that you found that kind of, you know, generally kind of gave you the creeps or freaked you out a little bit through doing all this research? Um, not, not, not too much. You know, I, I guess, I guess the one that's kind of the, the, the creepiest or kind of the most unsolved is the, is the McMartin preschool case right. where a bunch of preschoolers basically had, um, had said that they were being sexually abused by the, by the, um, by the owners of the preschool. And, uh, the, the, it was a big fight between the parents. And even to this day, there's all this kind of like back and forth about whether it happened, whether it didn't. Certain people say there was tunnels underneath the, you know, they, they found tunnels. Other people say, no, those aren't tunnels. They're just garbage dumps. Um, you know, it, there's just all this kind of, that's one of the cases where it's a lot less, um, certain like you can certainly watch um some of these videos i guess uh that i put together into the clip show and, and i mean it's just it's so phony it's like there's no question um that this was put together by by um uh people just trying to make a quick buck um but when you read some of the big barn stuff it's kind of even though it's kind of even though it's probably didn't happen it's yeah. still it's still very uh th- there's still enough kind of doubt and uncertainty um we talk about in the book like that's where we're talking about the pedophile rings in, in the past um you know <laughs> this idea at the time we were kind of like no no that th- that's just kind of an urban legend but then you know there's more evidence these days than maybe some of those things did happen. Like the Jimmy Seville um, stuff happening in the UK with the, with the famous celebrity who was, who claimed he had, you know, all these, you know, was involved in his pedophile ring and, and was involved in necrophilia and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I guess that's the only one that, that, that kind of was like, eh, yeah, this, this could, there could be something there and it's, this, this is not a good situation, but, but you never know. Yeah, I, I have to admit, for as much as I can sit down and watch a hundred gory horror films in a row and then go to sleep and get a good night's uh, rest, as soon yeah. as I, as soon as I kind of ever started, you start, you know, uh, the perfect example would be after the movie Zodiac came out and I start hitting the internet trying to get all the research. So me personally, when I research these things, like I just, you know, it, it's it's way more sometimes way more powerful to uh, kind of read about it and once it gets in your own head beyond like a superficial film level or whatnot you know it kind of kind of creeps me out that i mean i definitely hats off to you and everybody who worked on the book for kind of able to go down this road and for all the silly stuff you know there there, there always is that fear of like what if some of this is real <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah well no absolutely i mean we 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 tried to really um i mean the approach that we took in the book is we didn't want to um um you know we, we didn't want to necessarily say this was you know, 
this stuff is ridiculous or this stuff is stupid or, or, or Christianity is a, you know, is, is, is dumb or Christians are stupid. We, we really took it, the approach that this is, we wanted to show how the satanic panic really impacted popular culture, how it impacted the films, how it impacted the music. Um, and we didn't want to make kind of, we, we really tried to avoid making judgment calls on, on whether, you know, this was a positive thing or a negative thing. We just wanted to show and catalog how that actually happened and what, what, you know, how our history was affected by it. Um, it's kind of like I've, you know, when I talk about, uh, you know, I've, I, I do this presentation on Bigfoot as well, Bigfoot films as well. And my whole point is, that, you know, it doesn't matter if Bigfoot is real. Um, he's had such a major impact on popular culture that it's like, he may as well be real. Right. right. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about the satanic panic. It doesn't matter if a lot of this stuff was fake. Um, it just, it had a, such a significant impact on so many people's lives at the time that it's, it's important and it's worth talking about. I mean, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's just, obviously there were, you know, rare and few and far between instances, but like we said, like, you know, the, this idea was a very powerful one where in some cases people just got swept up in it, ran with it, ended up doing yep. terrible things. And people who, in the name of trying to fight satanic panic, that's probably where the majority of the harm was done. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's an absolutely fascinating topic. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I could ask you a million questions, you know, <laughs> all night long, but, uh, Probably the best place uh, right now, or say easiest place, I guess, probably for people to get the book, Satanic Panic, uh, Pop Culture Paranoia in the 80s, is Amazon, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so check it out on Amazon. Definitely uh, check out um, Paul's uh, YouTube video. Uh, occult offerings like it's i've just skimmed through it and already i can tell it's amazing i mean you know it's one thing to kind of you know you see these things and you remember them and whatnot but like to actually go back and view it and see what people were up to you know and uh i mean i don't know it's just just fascinating uh besides obviously the satanic panic uh book and the awesome exploitation website is there anything else uh you want to kind of throw our viewers attention to that you got either coming out or been out for a while paul Mm. Um, well, we, we're um, we're working on our next book. Uh, uh, Kale and I are working on uh, our, our our third spectacular optical book, and that's going to be about um, uh, Christmas horror films. Oh, awesome! So we're, we're working on that, and I guess the other the other uh, thing that I was involved in recently was um, uh, the Pit uh, Blu-ray uh, that just came out that Kino put out. I, I have a commentary. Uh, on that with my friend Jason, um, which was a lot of fun to do. One of my favorite Canadian films. Um, so yeah, you should check that out as well. I will check it out. I actually, I've only had a handful and it's kind of one of my new, uh, kind of, uh, hobbies is collecting some of the Kino Blu-rays and stuff. You know, everybody kind of knows about Screen Factory, but there's actually a lot of people out now, Olive Films, Vinegar Syndrome, Kino. Yep. They're putting yeah. out a lot of really good stuff that people who really enjoy, you know, 80s films and whatnot. Definitely. Hopefully we can have you back uh, later on at some point to talk a little bit about uh, Christmas horror films. And uh, I, I seen on IMDb you took place in uh, a short film about Black Christmas. It was one of my favorite all-time films. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the – there's a uh, – I know Show Factory is putting out this uh, – uh, in December, I believe, but we we had a Canadian release 
uh, from a year ago, I think. And right. uh, so I'm in the, I'm on the short for that. And I'm, I also do a, uh, a panel with um, uh, Art Hindle and and uh, John Saxon and, and uh, all that stuff from a convention here a few years ago. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. I mean, awesome. And uh, just before we go, just just out of my own curiosity, um, what you know, kind of just on a personal level, uh, you know, I'm assuming did you grow up in Canada like your whole life, Paul? Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm born outside of Toronto, and now I live right down, right right in the heart of Toronto. Nice, kind of. You know, what was that like for you as a kid? You know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, as a young person, you probably were a fan of these films too. What was it like? like having so many of the like the really cool filmmakers of the time period like bob clark and uh you know uh david cronenberg and whatnot like i mean like were you aware like of the stuff like when you watch stuff could you tell even as a kid what was canadian and what wasn't well (laughs) that's that's a that's a question that i could answer for about an hour but um um no, not well. Here's the thing: like Canada has never, Canada doesn't necessarily recognize its horror films, or or at least hadn't when I started working on the website. Um, so, you know, there there were things that I would see that, like, certainly we knew about David Cronenberg. Certainly, I knew that his films were shot around here. Um, and when you watched, when we watched some of them, especially something like Videodrome, we can certainly recognize um, locations. Uh, it wasn't until kind of it was about the mid 1990s, and I started um, getting a little more serious about collecting horror films and and, and genre films. And that at that point, when I started seeing things like uh, Cannibal Girls and The Mask uh, from the 1960s, and and that I realized that there was kind of all these Canadian horror films. Um, I tried to research them. There wasn't anything <laughs> about about them really. Um, and, uh, that's when I started my website and it, and only over the years, people would say, Hey, have you seen black Christmas? Hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you seen that? So I, I kind of gradually got in, got into it and got a you know, chance to interview people like Bob Clark and, um, you know, it's so, yeah, no, growing up, we never really made the connection, um, just because it wasn't. You know, Canada doesn't put a lot of emphasis on those kind of films. We want people to see our art house films, important films at at con and and all this stuff. But um, nowadays things have changed. Um, Certainly uh, um, people are much more into it. Uh, People go around to all the different uh, locations like, you know, people will go go see the Black Christmas House, which, you know, I guess I live about 20 minutes away from. Wow. uh, I used to live across the street from the school in class in 1984. I mean, there's just a ton of um, uh, <laughs> like uh, things now. Now that we know that that are kind of just around around the city that you, oh yeah, that's the corner from you know where they stand outside Videodrome and all that kind of stuff. So it, now it's kind of cool. But uh, um, growing up, yeah, you know, people didn't really connect the dots really. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of films, uh, you know, shot in Canada. It's been that way for a long time. But the stuff that's really made, you know, kind of by Canadian, especially the older stuff, like, I mean, looking back on it, I, I think some of it's, like, really some of the best stuff in the genre. And I, and I think kind of a reason why is, uh, you know, obviously these films were very, um, 
you know, they were meant to play drive-ins and whatnot at the time or, or you know, run-down theaters or whatever. But I, I think the Canadian stuff is really interesting because you get a little bit more of an artistic bent than you ever – than you got with some of the American stuff. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, a genre, can exploitation, if you will, that, you know – I've seen a lot, but I know there's a lot more out there that I haven't seen. And, uh, you know, d- definitely at some point we got to at least get you back to talk about some kind of exploitation, <laughs> and definitely get you back at some point once your um, your Christmas book, you know, a Christmas war film book comes out. So, Paul, I want to yeah. thank you so much. Well, first thank all, you. No, first of all, I want to thank you for your time. Second of all, I want to thank you for uh, you know your knowledge, and uh, this is really fascinating for me. And third of all, thank you for putting up with Skype's bullshit. So. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No, a pleasure to pleasure to do it. Happy to do it. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, do you guys really even celebrate Halloween in Canada? Oh yeah. All right. It's so, huge. So yeah, no, we're, we're excited. So awesome. So have a great Halloween, Paul. Um, to our listeners. To our listeners, we'll, we'll have a little bit more, a little bit of outro on the show here in a couple of minutes to send Halloween off, right? But uh, once again, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, check out the book, Satanic Panic, Pop Culture, Paranoia in the 1980s. I think you're going to like it. I can't wait to order my own copy and sit down and actually, you know, read it, take it all in. Because uh, fascinating, very disturbing, very horrific topic. And I'm so glad that Paul could join us on this special Halloween edition. Thank you. All right. Hope you liked the interview with Paul. Amazing guy. Thank you so much, Paul. Uh, I really hope to have him on in the future to talk about his other website, Exploitation. I've been checking it out. He's covering a wide variety of really crazy, really, you know, unknown, unearthed films over there. You know, as well as stuff, you know, like the Scanner Show. Pretty much any trashy movie uh, over in Canada, you know, Exploitation.com is covering it. And go out and the interview that the thing. interview that I set up and I couldn't make it to. That's right, because like we said, you was cursed this Halloween. Oh, uh, my kid got bronchitis. He gave bronchitis to me, and then about the time I finally get a doctor, you know, doctors make you wait two fucking weeks before they give you medicine. Mm-hmm. They give me Omnicef. Now, people, I'm gonna give you a heads up. Omnicef will fuck with your stomach. Well, Omnicef fuck with my stomach so bad. It got rid of the bronchitis. It gave me a bacteria infection in my stomach that I'm actually still fighting. But I came here to record this for the fans today before I double over and puke shortly. That's right. You actually, uh, in order to kind of get charged up, you watched a double feature of Trick or Treat and Black Roses. You you drew from the satanic power to, to rise I up did. on this evil it, night of Halloween. Semi-cursed of my man. Uh, that's my favorite. It's trick or treat. You know all these uh, horror crossover uh, series and movies. You know maybe it's time to finally do a movie. Sammy Kerr versus Damien from Black Roses. I'd pay to see that. I think Sammy Kerr win. I gotta say, I know after this though, next week uh, I gotta get off the horror topic. We gotta get a little yeah. more lighthearted. Yeah, we gotta put it to rest. We, we, like, I feel like we need a good laugh after all this horror. Because speaking of, let, let's talk about it. Holy shit, let's talk about it for a second, cousin. We went crazy this Halloween. We promised you we would be bringing you more horror-themed episodes in this month than any other podcast has done. And I think we did that because this month we released a podcast about demons, one about Halloween 2, another one about Chopping Mall, then Black Roses, then The Howling, then House, and then 
eventually, right before Halloween, we released Pieces. And now we're bringing you the 2016 Halloween special. Talking about Satanic Panic. Talking about the best and the worst of mail order companies. I mean, anything you want to talk about. Before we go, let's talk about our favorite Halloween candy. What, what Halloween candy? I know you've been sick, so you probably ain't eaten too many sweets. But what's your favorite Pieces Halloween? peanut butter cups. Oh, that's right. I ate some uh, Reese's the other day with a banana. I don't know why, but that candy, peanut butter, and a banana, that's a good combination right there. That just sounds strange, but I don't like bananas very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like them because they're one of the few, you know, I eat a lot of junk food. I make a lot of, I don't make no bones about it. I make a lot of trips to McDonald's and uh, bananas. Banana, pretty much bananas and apples are the only fruits that I'll eat because they're sweet, like candy. You won't see yeah. me eating cauliflower and all that bullshit. Oh, I like cauliflower. Do you know? I can. I actually enjoy the taste of cauliflower. It's not a bad taste to me. It's the texture. You gotta work. You gotta gnaw on that thing. <laughs> no, you just gotta boil it till it's nice and soft. Really? Remember? You're not gonna fucking just eat it raw. That's gross. <laughs> well, that's how I always eat it. Because remember in the '80s, salad bars and shit, they would always put like raw cauliflower all hard, and you put it on your salad. Oh yeah, that's nasty. You just gotta boil it, and it melts in your mouth. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we need a break from horror, but all these horror movies we covered this month, Cousin, what, what, you know, which one is actually, like, your favorite movie out of these? Black Roses. That's right, Black Roses. I'm going to say Demons for me, just because, I don't know, I love that ever since. But but they were they were pretty much Chopping Mall's high on my list, obviously. Chopping Mall not worth the money for that Vestra on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised Vestron didn't come up when we were screen, you know, when we were slamming the shit out of the factory earlier. But uh, well, my I, my problem isn't with the with the that they're putting them out. I mean, I'm glad someone's putting them out, but they they look like guys. They don't even look like they look like DVDs. And it, the, what's killing them is that their fucking sale prices are like twenty seven dollars. Yeah, everybody's got them for twenty seven. One more plug for Bull Moose, though. They have them for twenty four ninety nine. That's still expensive, though, for what they are. Oh, for what they are, because they don't look very good. Cousin, I, I got Hobgoblins from Bull Moose for less than $16. See, that's a perfect price point. Vinegar Syndrome knows what they're doing. And even Arrow, yeah. even Arrow Video, who, like, they've, you know, their, their prices aren't exactly cheap, but, like, they don't, like, gouge you the way Vestron does <laughs> Now, an arrow actually gives you a ton of extras and right. features on their stuff. And uh, there's like a lot of editions. Arrow does that, um, like another company puts it out on America, and then the American release doesn't have the, uh, the uh, you know, the same extras. Like, like if you, if, <laughs> fuck it, I don't care, let it fly. Like, if you look at the shit factory. <laughs> release of uh mm-hmm. of a uh, night of the comet and compare it to the the uk version of arrows uh it's funny how the arrow has all the special features as scream factory and plus one extra interview <laughs> so who do you think ripped off who there there you go yeah i mean that's all shit factory does they get something that's region two and they bring it here yeah and then everybody that's like it. comes on Facebook. Oh my God! Look at all the interviews they're doing. <laughs> Arrow video. That's where. And then they take their pictures. Like, look at the new release of Nighthawks with Sylvester Stallone. I know. <laughs> He's 
it's it's pitiful. But you know, you, you can't stop people from uh, doing what they do, especially when they're booking mm-hmm. that face. But That's you know, right. but there's a lot of I'm gonna say it again. There's a lot of good companies out there. Keep buying all their shit. All, don't don't give your money to one company. You know what I mean? Yeah, save it. Don't give it to nobody on Patreon either. Exactly, because <laughs> nobody's spending money on Patreon. We found that out. But I'm still going. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna still go and plug it. Patreon.com/slash1980smoviegraveyard. Do you want more episodes? You want extra bonus episodes? If you want, sl- slap your money down. Only seven cents a day is going to get you all kinds of extra shit, as well as keep this movie, the show going. Because you know, we need. Some, let's be honest, we need some motivation to keep the show going a little bit, just for the fact that we got new exciting projects, don't we? Like keeping it seventy-five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, pow, pow. That's gonna be rolling out next month. The the the. The pilot will roll out next month. I'm keeping it 75. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've kind of been coming up with ideas for the format of that show, cousin. I think it'd be great if we did like 10 minute interviews with people and then edited it into 12 different parts. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. And I'll use like a shitty phone to record it. <laughs> oh, shit. The shittier, the better. That's right. That sounds good. We got to get a producer, though, that sounds yeah. like Donnie Wahlberg on crack cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That made me laugh. Because it is kind of, you know, like, I'm not saying we have the uh, the highest quality sounding podcast. We're just a couple guys doing this out of our houses, just doing whatever for a hobby. But holy shit, man. <laughs> Listen to some of these professional podcasts on these big time podcasting networks and it's like somebody talking through a tin can in their mom's basement oh they're they're awful i know it's unbelievable so before we close, i'm not hating i'm just stating that's right before we close out this, this halloween special we need to talk about one thing that we didn't really have this year for Halloween, and that's uh, new horror movies in the theaters. There was none, wasn't there? <laughs> no, nothing at all, really. Ouija 2. Thank you. I'll tell you what, Halloween. They all came out in July. <laughs> they did. September. Old oh, Blair Witch sequel came September 1st, out of theaters by September 9th. I tell you, Hollywood, you need to do your timing a little bit more. I say save all your horror movies for October, but instead we get the yeah. one in July, the one in September, and then we get the really weak PG-13 one three weeks before Halloween. That's not really how you <laughs> want to do it. No, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, doesn't really make any box office either if you look at the uh, movie no, charts. No. Well, Medea's Boo, I think, is doing okay. Yeah. I got a confession to make about Medea's Boo. I was so desperate for a Halloween movie. I actually, I didn't go see it, but I looked at the, the Wikipedia and the spoilers for Medea's Boo, but uh, it's actually not horror at all. It turns out everybody uh, in the movie who claims to be a zombie or a vampire or a killer clown, it's 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 just a prank on an elderly woman, Medea. That's not really a horror movie to me. No, that's another situation comedy. Exactly. We don't need sitcoms on the big screen. We do not. Cousin, I remember last Halloween, you was posting all the pictures, too. You you actually made, like, 20 to 30 uh, Halloween pumpkins last year, didn't you? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I made some this year too. I made a Pikachu. Wow. Uh, I made uh, Jack. I made um, the great the great pumpkin. I have traced. I'm going to cut it tomorrow. Nice. So it's Snoopy rising out of the pumpkin patch. So you got such a large collection. Like like last year, you did lots of classic monsters. Like where do you display them all? On Halloween, I put them out, and they line like the whole walkway up to the house. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, once I found out that uh, trick or treating was ringed out this year, I had no motivation to go buy a pumpkin and carve it. I'll be honest. With you. Uh, yeah, we have some real pumpkins too. Yeah. Our weather here is like freaky hot. Like it's uh, it's been in the eighties here actually when it's normally in the forties. So we're gonna have like eighty four degrees on Halloween. <laughs> I remember a couple times when I was a kid going trick or treating. Did you ever have a Halloween where you had like some half melted snow on the ground? Because I had that. A oh times. yes, yeah. quite a few times. Yeah, I will say one thing though about uh, rainy Halloweens and shit. Because uh, uh, my girlfriend got on a kick. She wanted to watch all the Halloween movies. we got two more left to watch. But uh, I think the scariest one in terms of the atmosphere is the, I think, part six. It, like, it all takes place in the rain. And then it's been raining here. So that, that kind of is scary. awesome. It is. Everybody hates it. Like, my girlfriend didn't like it either. But I actually really like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. Part three is still my favorite. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, as far as the Michael Myers macabre bullshit, you know, people obsess. Four and six are two of my favorites. Don't you think, like, pretty much, um, probably, wouldn't you say, like, probably in this order, too? It's like Halloween one, then part four, then part six. Those are the only ones you really need. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with you on there. Like, the other ones were fun rewatching them, especially because I broke out the big projector. We watched them on the big screen and everything, but... But the other ones are just more like time fillers, you know. Pretty well. The two is really boring. We we covered <laughs> that plenty on our show, though. We did. We covered it plenty. Dean Ambrose got a lot of plugs on that show. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the Ambrose Asylum. The uh, yeah, part six. Michael goes back to the hospital, chop fuckers up. But they were smart. It was like ten minutes of the movie. It wasn't the entire movie the way part two was. No. And Paul Rudd did a good job of it. He did. Like, I did, like that's one thing about them going in the H two O direction that I feel kind of like fucked up was, uh, you know, obviously now you can't do it because he's a big Marvel star. But you know, back when they were getting him on the cheap, they should have kept on with Paul Rudd being the main character. I thought, you know, to take over from Loomis. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean they had a story going. They just scrapped it. Yeah, which I don't really know why. Because I actually, you know, I, I just figured probably the reason they scrapped it and granted h2o did like really big money but i figured maybe six bombed like i looked in part six did like like almost down to the like the same dollar it, it did exactly what parts four and five did but i think i think the weinsteins wanted bigger grosses that's the one thing i miss about mustafa Khan. he make a horror movie for five million which is what pretty much parts four five and six you know and they all came out and made between 15 and 16 million that was good enough for him you know what i mean yeah, you get these major corporations. Well, I think I think Donald Pleasant's dying probably fucked up the storyline. Yeah, well, that's actually in. Uh, I still haven't bought the producer's cut, but I watched the producer's cut ending, and I see why they had to reshoot it because the original ending of Part Six, and that was kind of dumb. Was they had they had uh, Donald uh, what's his name uh, at Real Loomis get, get cursed, and that really didn't make any sense because if you watch Part Six, like you can tell the. 
Mr. Pleasance was on his last legs, unfortunately. Like, they should have probably had... What do you mean, at Rio Loomis? At Rio Loomis going there and saved the franchise. <laughs> you think he would? <laughs> that's Malcolm McDowell. That's at Rio Loomis. I still say he's the better Loomis. Really? After all these years and the fans have spoken? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the fans. I'm talking about at real Loomis stock. Follow him on Twitter. At real Loomis. No, but I think I think they should have changed the ending to uh, Paul Rudd gets the curse, where now it's his responsibility to take care of Michael Myers or whatnot. That would make sense because why would you put it on the old man who's going to die in a day? Exactly. Very unfortunate. It's kind of sad. At least the real Loomis is still alive. That is true, and he wrote a book. The the real Loomis did. Actually, actually, if you watch part six, uh, they say that the fake Loomis, Donald Pleasance, wrote a book, too. But obviously, like, he didn't become a superstar from it the way At Real Loomis did. That's because his book probably was full of, like, punctuation and grammar errors because he's an (laughs) idiot. And he's from England, so you know how, like, they spell the word color, like, O-U-R and all that? So it's probably... Or, like, YouTube. YouTube, that's right. Speaking of which, holy shit, let's talk about YouTube. Uh, there's there's a lot of stars on there and uh, a lot of people making Halloween videos and whatnot and uh, it's pretty disturbing. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> a lot of people going to jail from YouTube lately. Yes, the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pie. Actually, a lot of pie. It shouldn't just single out the the uh, the YouTube people, but a lot of podcast people have been going to jail lately too. It's very sad. Well. It is not that they're going to jail, sad, but why they're going to jail, sad. I saw, there's a lot of apparently, cousin. We have a lot of uh, pedophiles in the podcasting community. Pretty sickening. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, but at least they're getting caught, though. So, like, you know. Yeah, I mean? that's true. Yeah, but still, like, I, I read about like two different podcaster guys got, um, uh, pet, you know, whatever pedophile. Well, one of them, I guess, he wasn't a podcaster. I guess one was like a writer, like a horror writer. Uh, did reviews and stuff for big time websites and stuff, and then another guy was a just a like a more small time podcaster. And uh, I hate to say it, cousin, because that when I heard about this one case, this podcaster turned out to be a pedophile. I looked at his Patreon, cousin, and uh, the pedophiles getting more money than we are. On Patreon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> anyway, very scary. I feel like this Halloween was uh, unfortunately like last Halloween was awesome. We had Sammy Kerr and all that. It was a lot of like, treats. This year, a lot more tricks associated with Halloween, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. But still, we still endured. We still brought you nine thousand Halloween uh, podcast episodes. We enjoyed it. We hope you guys enjoyed it. The download numbers, they were a little sketchy in the middle of the but they came out, you guys ramped up, you know, to lead up to Halloween, so we appreciate that. So, everybody, thank you so much. Been a, you know, wish it was a better Halloween season. Maybe it's a good season where people, the listeners at. Maybe just because we had a bad one, maybe they didn't. So, happy Halloween, yeah, everybody. They need to be happy Halloween. Keep it 75. Yeah, keep it at 75 upcoming. Uh, lots of great shit upcoming. Patreon.com slash 1980s Movie Grave Art if you want to keep the disc spinning. And also, one last time, a huge uh, thank you to our guest tonight, Paul, his awesome book, Satanic Panic. Uh, check it out. Check out his website, Connect Exploitation. And as always, go out there and buy Blu-rays of the highest quality. Brought you to the fine folks at Arrow Video. Ain't that right? That's it. Pow. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.